today on CityCast Denver. Tell me if this has happened to you. You're walking around downtown or maybe Cap Hill and some jag off on a scooter comes zipping around a corner and nearly knocks you off the sidewalk. Like, what the heck? But also, if Denver's going to break its dependence on cars, we're going to need transportation options that people like to use, like scooters. This is very much, I think, part of the soul of our city is, do we want to continue to be a car city? Uh, Do we want to grow up? The city of Denver is now one year into two contracts with scooter companies, which represent the most recent effort to ease the tension on our streets. But that tension is still playing out every day in Denver, perhaps nowhere more than Councilman Chris Hines, District 10. For full transparency, I voted against both of them, and I was pretty vocal about it, and I talked a fair amount, but I was in the minority. With a year of data to show for this current approach to the scooter situation, Heinz thought it was time for a proper look at how things are going. So I invited him to show his work. Today is Thursday, July 7th, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Councilman Chris Hines, welcome to CityCast Denver. Hi, thanks for having me. So we're talking about scooters. What's your relationship with scooters? Well, uh, I, I'll I'll admit I've never used a scooter. I'll, I'll also admit I never have either. <laughs> but the main reason why I haven't used a scooter is because there are none for people who use wheelchairs to get around. And so in case your audience doesn't already know, I'm the first elected official in Denver's history, local, state, or federal, who uses a wheelchair to get around. Also the first uh, in Denver's history who identifies as a member of the disability community. When and how did you get involved with this scooter conversation? Why and how did it become something that you are talking about as a council person? Well, I care a lot about living my values. I care a lot about our planet and our, and more importantly, human habitability on our planet. Um, but set also, 70% of Denver workers commute to and from their jobs by single occupant vehicle. Not just they're in a car, but they're the only one in the car. And uh, that's not good for the planet. It's not good for physical health because we're just sitting in a car instead of using a uh, a bicycle or, or walking or rolling or whatever. And, um, and it's not good for community because we go from our locked homes, to our garages, to our locked cars, to our parking garage at work, to our office at work. And it's possible for us to not interact with a single person, uh, you know, for, for an entire day. But if we get out of those cars and, and we, we, we're at a stoplight and we're, we're on a bike, we're on a wheelchair, or we're, um, we're on a scooter, as to, you know, to get back to this conversation, uh, then we can talk to one another. Yeah, well, and I, I want to just draw some real quick connections for listeners, because you're talking about a lot of different parts of sort of the transit conversation, which is we, on the whole, as a city, spend too much time as single occupant car drivers. And your thoughts here, and I think this is a pretty common conversation within transit advocacy, is less people in cars, more people in other modes of transit, like scooters, is better for us all overall. So I kind of want to get to the regulation aspect because recently in your newsletters, you've been kind of polling your constituents about their feelings on scooters because we're coming up on this year of regulation. How are folks in District 10 responding to you when you ask questions like, 
Do you like scooters? So I went in a slightly different direction than I normally do with my newsletters. And I said, scooters. We, in May 21, we entered into contracts with two scooter companies, Lyft and Lime. Now that it's been a year, I want your thoughts. And I gave two options. <laughs> Not that people can see me putting my two fingers up, but I've got two options. One, scooters are good for Denver. Two, scooters are a menace. And interestingly, I had more than 1,300 responses, oh, wow. which is huge for me. I'm, we don't normally have that kind of engagement. And interestingly, some people tried to click that button twice, but we knew <laughs> you could only register your vote once. And uh, you know, some people tried to click it 10 or 12 times. So I think they were trying to put their finger on the scale. How did your constituents feel? Did they feel they were a menace or did they think they were good for the city? Well, um, 41% voted scooters are good for Denver and 59% of uh, people voted scooters are a menace. So it's a bit of the hands-off approach by vendors and the city that uh, that really make people frustrated. So I asked the first question and then I sent a follow-up email to my to my newsletter, I asked another question. Should Denver pass a new law requiring sidewalk detection technology for scooters? And 77% of the people said yes. 23% of the people said no. So more than three quarters said yes. I mean, if if 59% was was compelling, 77% is, I mean, it's, it's almost a slam dunk. Yeah, I mean, I have to tell you, I only recently heard about this sidewalk detection technology thing, and I don't fully understand what it is. But if it means that these scooters won't be able to terrorize people on sidewalks, I'm totally in. Um, but also, I have to say, I have an understanding of the scooter rider as a, someone who rides a bike from time to time. I know that when the street is just like, like I would never ride in traffic on federal, for instance, as a cyclist, I would ride on the sidewalk. I could see where a scooter would feel the same way. Like I don't feel safe in the street. So that's why I'm on the sidewalk. So this detection technology could deter folks from doing that. But it's kind of like not getting to the root of the problem to me, which is we need more space for multimodal transit. Yeah, I agree with you that uh, when when I campaigned, I talked a lot about protected bike lanes. Um, you know, the, the mayor has been very vocal about installing 125 miles of bike lanes throughout our city. Most of them, as far as I could tell, are not protected. And just as I had mentioned, we need a broad and inviting pedestrian experience as in our sidewalks um, should be you know, smooth and, uh, and, and clear and free of obstruction. And um, I think that we should have bike lanes as well that uh, that are broad and inviting and safe and and protected bike lanes are really what help people feel safe and by protected i don't mean those those white sticks that stick up 4 feet off the ground that cars I mean, just like mow over yeah yeah. <laughs> Which is like, terrifying. Uh, it's like Pac-Man. They're trying yeah, to, you know, it's so scary. Them down instead of, yeah. But like actual built, like changes in the built environment to protect cyclists, scooter riders, uh, pedestrians, folks who use wheelchairs who might be utilizing that bike lane. Yes. Uh, it's so frustrating um, because I think about our streets are taken care of, right? Like cars don't have to advocate for 
streets. They it, it happens naturally. So I think that there's an argument to be made that we could evolve past that mentality and say, we're a different city now. And we want to be more friendly to human beings in this space. But I also know that's a big part of the scooter conversation too. Like your survey showed, a lot of people think that scooters are dangerous. So how do you think about regulating that aspect? So I asked Denver Health for some data on uh, scooter injuries. Yes. And I was I was surprised. <laughs> that's a bit of an understatement, honestly. Um, the, the data that I got back is... Uh, regarding scooter crashes from January 1st, 2021 through May 15th, 2022, Denver Health saw 1,314 scooter crashes in their emergency department. Mm. That's about two and a half visits to the emergency department every day for a year and a half for scooters. And that that's that's scary. That's 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 frightening to me. That makes me sad. That our you know the city's number one job is public health, safety, and welfare, and I don't know if that really helps public health or public safety if we're sending two and a half people a day to the emergency department because of our current policy on scooters. So th- that's what you're thinking is like if we're addressing the scooter issue in terms of making them safer, it's like we could cut back on this issue that we're seeing, which is folks ending up in the ER. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, we. I don't want to see people hurt. No. As an individual or as an officer of the city. Sure. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best—it's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. But I also am thinking about, we talk about Vision Zero, um, this which is this um, movement by the city over the last decade to reduce traffic deaths. And since Vision Zero was implemented a decade ago, traffic deaths have almost doubled, right? We're looking at, I think, I saw the most recent report was like 84 people were killed in vehicular accidents in 2021 in Denver. So again, I'd push back as the transit advocate and say, cars are still the problem, councilman. What what do we do? Uh, one of the things that I've advocated for is the 5280 trail. Um, so that's a 5.280 mile pedestrian and cyclists uh, priority route through our city center and or around our city center. And uh, and fortunately, thanks to the voters, I, I asked the, the bond committee to put uh, $7 million into the 2C that we voted on last November. Thanks to the voters, that is a reality. So we have $7 million to do the first two blocks of the 5280 trail. Government moves slowly, but we're moving forward with a, a transformative alternative to cars in our city center. But really, to, to have true equity, we need to pair that with the citywide shared street network, like the ones that went through District 10 on 11th and 16th Avenues, because that's transformative. So that's that's one thing. Two, I continue to work on more uh, funding for sidewalks. 
That has been a really slow process, but can we all agree that Denver deserves sidewalks? I mean, for real. Yes. Another thing that I have um, I have every year in our bu- budget conversations said, why don't we look at the Oakland model, Oakland, California. Oakland, California budgets its transportation infrastructure based on the mode of transit they want people to take as opposed to the mode of transit people currently take. That's dominant. Okay. Yeah. So if we want 20% of our of our city to uh, to be pedestrians, then let's put 20% of our transportation budget into pedestrian infrastructure, which would be massive. Okay. But like, what about the short term? Like based on the results of your constituent survey and your own research, what do you think is the best way forward for scooter regulation specifically? Thank you for going back to scooters. Based on the feedback, you know, it's it's clear that a, the middle ground is best. If they had to choose scooters or no scooters right now, they'd say no scooters because they they're that frustrated with the current implementation. But if they could decide, uh, the vast majority of people would say there's a middle ground and that's what we want. We want there to be scooter vendors educating. Dottie could compel them to uh, to to start their education process and. About six months ago, I I asked Daddy. I said, "Where's that education?" And they said, "Oh, well, we don't want to do it in the fall because, you know, people aren't riding a lot of scooters in the fall or winter. So we're going to do it in the spring. Uh, well, it's now summer, so um, that's that's part of the reason why I started to get a little more uh, public with my uh, active in the conversation. But it also is, I think, compelling with some of those uh, some of the folks who who responded." Um, they, they say, um, we pay too high a price financially, as in medical costs, personally and emotionally, without such common sense regulations. So people are looking for, you know, common sense regulations. They're not looking for a ban. Councilman Hines, thank you so much for joining me. This has been a really enlightening conversation. I, I'm excited to be here. This, is, this has been a lot of fun. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. Workers at the Denver outpost of Meow Wolf say they have formed a union. According to the Denver Post, the union operating under the Communications Workers of America Local 7055 is asking for, quote, job protections, higher wages, better disability accommodations, and a diverse workplace without discrimination and harassment. I've got a lot to say about this story and the business of art. So stay tuned. And in more business news... Denver recently announced that it will no longer require proof of legal U.S. residency to apply for a business or occupational license. Nine News reports that now people in Denver can legally start their own businesses regardless of immigration status, which is awesome. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, where today Peyton's sharing some nuggets of food news. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Happy birthday, mom! (laughs) It's Brooke's birthday. She's ageless, and her present is my baby.